Hey everyone, Jay here. I just wanted to say that we've got some really cool artwork for this episode, so you're going to want to click through to the show notes to check out the full version of the image, which we'll be showing in your podcatcher right now. Our thanks go out to Yuri Keynes on Twitter for working with us to create this piece of art. Anyway, on with the show. Oh yeah, Street Fighter 2, I am prepared. Thy will is strong, let's do this. Love this game. Here we go. Who am I going to pick? Who am I going to pick? Ah, of course it's going to be Guile. Come on. Dude's hair's so sharp he could shave with it. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Sonic Boom. What? That doesn't sound right. Is that... Zach. Zach. Listen, can you stop reprogramming my games and do something else, you bleeding JavaScript demon? everyone and welcome to another episode of the waffling tailors podcast i am one of your hosts jay and with me as always is squidgy hello squidgy hello squidgy hello squidgy hello squidgy hello squidgy hello squidgy (laughs) amazing um we are going to be doing another uh, waffling tailors goes to the movies but um but first but actually this is going to be a waffling tailors goes to the movies with a twist. Because with us this time around, it's Zach. Or the Z Man, Z Braddy, Tim Tim Fire Saint, what do you want us to call it? Uh, uh yeah, no, I, I I didn't think about it, I guess. Uh, uh, yeah, Z Boy. Z Boy's a good one. Let's let's Z-boy. go with that. Okay, um, Z Boy. Yeah, uh I, I've never been called a twist before, which which kinda I don't know. I don't know how to take that. <laughs> I don't think it was meant as an insult. You should be all right. Yeah. yeah, I'll take it as a compliment it was meant to be, but you know, like it's it's endearing, you know. I'm a twist. Everyone's <laughs> like, oh, when they hear me, you know. Like, That's it. You mean the Z boys here? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh my god. Let's kick this thing up to level uh, the level nine thousand or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. But yes, so what we're gonna do is um we all went and watched the 1994 classic blockbuster. Street, yeah, yeah, the blockbuster. Was it 1994? I've just got to check that because almost genre-defining all of, film. All of the movies. It might have even been a little bit earlier than that. Because well, I mean, maybe to... we'll get into it a little bit later. But I've got a very, very specific memory about how I how I came to watch this film uh, when it was when it was uh, you know in all its glory. So yeah, I think it might have, might have been a bit earlier than that. Well, according to or my memory could be wrong. It was Christmas Eve, Eve, so December twenty third, nineteen ninety four. Yeah, because wow. it's a Christmas film, obviously. You know, it's it's interesting to me that all the ones we've done so far have been nineteen ninety four movies. It was a good year. It was a good year. <laughs> what can I say? It's a good year, well, good vintage of uh, video game films. That year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of these movies that were clearly written in the eighties and not produced until the nineties. Well, because I mean that that it was such a good year because of all the um, 
all the arcades, right? Arcades were huge around that around that time. Like even even in Australia, we had this uh, this chain of arcade uh, like you know places called Time Zone, and kids used to have Time Zone parties. And oh man, Time Zone parties were the best because you got ten bucks, so you got like ten games, like you know, built in sort of thing, which was nothing because we all sucked at video games. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great just to be there amongst all the lights and all that kind of stuff, being indoctrinated to you know spend our money on things on frivolous things. Awesome. So was it like one dollar per credit or something? What was the exchange rate of Australian dollars to credits in games? Do you know, it, back then it was probably a, a lot better than one dollar a credit because um, I mean it was a it was a long time ago, right? You probably got one or two, um, but yeah, it was uh, you could in like like most places you used to get tokens, right? You didn't yeah. uh, you didn't actually put money in; you'd get you put tokens in. Because then, even if you don't spend all the tokens and you walk home with them, they've still made their money, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are you going to do with tokens <laughs> apart from put them on the train tracks, make them all flat? <laughs> as long as they're just the tokens and not anything bigger you don't end up with a final destination bit going on you know <laughs> man that escalated a, a, quickly a token cutting a child's head off that's <laughs> full it really on. did escalate quickly <laughs> yeah that's uh that's full on yeah, yeah. i didn't realize yeah. it was this kind of show <laughs> <laughs> i mean let's do it you know i'm, I'm down <laughs> Let me jail on that one. <laughs> don't gonna... don't follow that thought, Jay. Just don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, right. Yeah. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna try and talk our way through the uh, the classic, the genre defining blockbuster that was the Street Fighter movie. Um, if we get the chance, I'd also like to talk about the Street Fighter the movie, the game, the movie, movie, game, game, movie. But we don't have to. That's not a problem. We could totally just ignore that and pretend it didn't happen. Because I feel like you just use the rest of the uh, show reading out the title. <laughs> it is a stupid title, isn't it? <laughs> Street Fighter, the movie, the game, the movie. I the don't game. know why I do this to myself, reviewing movies again. <laughs> I'm, I'm, this is false deep, and I still don't know why I'm doing this. What were the other ones you did? I heard the Double Dragon episode. What were the other episodes yeah, so that you did? So we've got Double Dragon. We've done that one, and that's been released. Mm. We've got coming up, probably out before this one, we've got for the night before Halloween, the Resident Evil movie from 2002. Ooh. <laughs> Spicy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then um, after that, we've got uh, presumably this or the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh, then- that's a – I mean, that's a classic. You know, for Super Mario, that just that thing stank out loud. <laughs> that was, it was great. Absolutely, absolutely. What were those Goombas? Anyway, that was that's another episode, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, um, so yeah, we're going to try and talk through the the plot as much as there is of this movie because it doesn't really make sense. Um, and before what are we going to do for the other forty five minutes? Yeah, right. <laughs> I've, I've just got a big list of Saki comments. Good, good. <laughs> That's all um, I've got. So my first comment, right, that I've written down, it, it is directly related to exactly where the movie takes place, right? So the movie takes place in a place that doesn't exist. It's supposed to be Thailand, but isn't, and it's called Shadaloo. And I remain convinced that that was the name of the song by Olivia Newton-John, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> oh no. Which one? <laughs> uh... <laughs> so roll credits. Yeah, credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Xanadu, isn't it? Anyway. Oh, right. Okay. Shadowloo okay. sounds like the name of a theme park. Isn't Xanadu ABBA? No, no, it's uh, Olivia Newton John was uh, Xanadu. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to yeah. argue with you because I don't want to reveal my knowledge of this, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so M. Bison played by Raul Julia in quite possibly the most Raul Julia role ever. Like this was at the pinnacle of his career. And unfortunately he would die not soon after making this movie. He was actually, he actually had cancer and was receiving treatment for it on the set. And that's why he's so gaunt. And that's why the suit that he wears is so big because there wasn't really much left of him, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, he said in an interview that he wanted to make the movie for his kids which kind of sort of tugs at your heartstrings a little bit. Mm, but, uh, yeah. So, yeah, anyway, yeah. So we're in Shadaloo, which is a place that doesn't really exist. And we've got uh, M. Bison, who is sort of like, it's never really explicitly, he's never made explicit, but he's supposed to be a drug lord. But he's actually like a warlord. Um, started off as a drug lord. Yeah, right. And he's in this very megalomaniac, almost Hitler-like state, where he's like, "I will, I will make the world better by being in control of it, and you can all thank me." Which uh, is wait, quite- you guys, you guys got way into the deep subtext of this movie. When did it, when was it implied that he was a drug lord? It's it's explained later on um, when he's talking to Chun Li. Chun Li right. explains that. Um, she came to his village with a small band of bandits when he was a drug lord before he got right, right. before he got into the business of war and expanded yeah, his yeah. operation. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean I was a few beers in by then, so you know <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't, wasn't really making the connections. <laughs> but I have to say, right, just going back a couple of seconds, right? If you need to do on screen text this movie doesn't have it. Ignore that. Remove that when you're when you're going through it. Because I've also been watching. I was watching something else today. It's like there's some on-screen text in here. There's three sentences. That's all you need. That was completely different. So yeah, ignore that. There's a couple <laughs> of subtitles later on, but that's when some Japanese people are talking. Yes. I mean the mo- the movie starts with the Street Fighter logo. If that's on-screen text. Yeah, I mean yeah. Yeah, I, I made some notes as I was uh, as I was watching this, and you might have noticed my first couple of notes were like, "Yeah, Street Fighter," <laughs> and, uh, and that that was when I saw that logo. I was like, "Yeah, this is going to be great," and then it was all downhill from there. Yeah, I have to admit. Um, so inside of baseball, we have this like planning document that we send around, and um, and Zach quite helpfully, uh, sorry, Z Boy added his uh, notes to. To the flying document and reading through it, you can see, you can almost visibly see him crash halfway through the movie because it starts out, like you said, really well. And then there's just really just like, oh no, oh no, not this. Oh no, not this. Oh no, not this. Yay, this bit. Oh no, not this. Oh no, not this. <laughs> <laughs> like a documented car crash, it just gets worse as it goes along. <laughs> It's like I was falling down the stairs, you know, like, it's like, oh, we, I'm in the air. Oh, 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 I'm in the air again. This is fun. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I haven't read your notes, so it's going to be fun. Yeah. I refuse to, so I'll I'll let you go through your notes, I think. 
So at the beginning of the movie, we've got this report is happening and we're on the street with our roving reporter, Chun Li, and I'm making a report about this, uh, this guy, M. Bison, and how terrible he is. Wait, here comes Colonel, or is he a Colonel? Yeah, Colonel yeah, Guile, Colonel Guile. Can you have a word? And he goes, yeah, I'll start saying words. And he says, he basically, at that moment, it turns into a pro wrestling promo. Right? With Gal going, I'm gonna kick your ass, and then it kind of cuts across, and there's Gal, uh, there's M Bison kicking and going, I'm gonna kick your, I'm gonna kick your this week at the this weekend because it's literally a three day period, right? This weekend at Slamfest, I'm gonna kick your ass so hard that you'll, I don't know, whatever it is that I'll do. <laughs> don't quit your day job, GA. You won't be a very good oh, promo yeah. wrestler. D- d- <laughs> yeah, I, I will never be um, a pro wrestler, but there I, is. I, I will say just really quickly while while they get M Bison's attention, he says to Bunny Quartz, Lieutenant Cammy, mm-hmm. right, go track a signal, and she she essentially dives over, who turns out to be Honda, and starts tracing the signal. All I've got to say to that is Kylie's a long way from Ramsey Street, isn't she? <laughs> it's good yeah. to know that it's good to know that during her career and well tours and stuff, she took time out to join the military to fight this tyrant. Along with sixty-three other countries around the world, the, the thing, that that was one of the comments I made as well because I was like, "Oh man, she couldn't even do like you know an accent." And then it was only halfway through I realized, "Oh, she's actually trying to be English." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, it's just not like it's just not. She's not very good at it. Is all. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they break into the transmission, they track them down, and then the transmission ends. Da da da. But they they then are able to find out where where bison's headquarters are um and there's this there's this wonderfully stupid bit where they start teasing blanca and they say charlie charlie blanca don't worry charlie i'll come find you and uh and and he's taken away and and put into this uh this tube where he's going to be um experimented on by basically clockwork oranging him i mean that's that's essentially what they do right if it works yeah, I mean, you can't the argue with those green. results, right? Yeah. Uh, Painting green, dye his hair, which sex long enough as it is, you know, about three days worth, sounds accurate. And then they just put some early, very early versions of Google Glass on him. Oh, absolutely. You know? The um, But, I mean, uh, there, there is there is a little bit of a tangent I'd like to take you on here uh, mm-hmm. at this point because I think it's something that flows through the whole movie is that I think a lot of the disappointment of this movie can really be brought back to the fact that the pacing is all over the place with Mm -hmm. every character. You know what I mean? Like what makes a lot of the other video game movies around this time good is that everyone's kind of on the same level. Like, you know, you think about like your Mortal Kombats and all that kind of stuff. Everyone is just like a human on Earth. They might be different slightly, but they they're, they're... their ascension to being amazing is all kind of on the same pace and they're all doing the same thing. So there's an expect, like the expectations are easy to set. Whereas when I see M. Bison in full M. Bison gear in the first eight minutes and then you see Chun Li without any, without any buns, I'm like, mm-hmm. what's going on here? Why, why is this happening? You know, like this is ridiculous. And, same with the the Blanca thing is kind of like a like an origin story and that's cool that's fine but make everyone be like an origin story you know what I mean don't make don't make Colonel Guile and and then you know Blanca who hasn't even begun his journey towards being Blanca yet that's ridiculous 
Mm. You know, I think that's what really, really sucks because you're kind of like, I want you to be cool, but this other person's cool and you're not cool yet. You know, like, mm. yep, mm. yep. And the, the same could be said for Ryu and Ken as well, I think, because like when you meet those, I think it's like the next scene. Um, when you meet those, they're just sort of walking around going, yeah, we're in this place, in this club, in this fight ring, and that's where we are. We, we're not going to tell you how we got here, what we're doing, or anything like that. And then, um, and then you know, they meet Sagat, who can speak without moving his lips, which is something yeah. that happens a lot in this movie. There's so much like overdubbing that they've had to use later on. And I actually spotted, I think, an, an instance later in the film where they've actually hired an impersonator to do some of Guile's lines because like he'll be speaking in his Van Damme speaking in his Van Damme voice. And then it switches and instantly becomes two registers lower and ditches the accent for a second and then comes back up again. And it's like, clearly you've, you've looped that you've recorded that later on. That reminds me of the, um, the French special agent in uh, top secret. The big barely color guy. He, there's there's yeah. a part where he he throws a chain to the top of a castle, um, then he tugs on it and he's thoroughly French, and then he just turns to the guy next to him and goes, "Lovely." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that that's that's played for laughs though, isn't it? That's, yeah, that's the whole point yeah. of that, right? <laughs> well, you know they they have a you know our 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 friendly court brothers have a a deal going with Sagat, the warlord, mm-hmm. to sell him some weapons, and they turn out to be toys. And then a fight breaks out. Now, all I'm going to say is Sagat sort of decides this ain't going to work. You know, let's fight, and then he figures out that they can fight, so he sticks him in the cage. But what I've put down here for my notes is, so the toy deal went south. Sagat will regret this at Christmas. He could make an absolute fortune. So the dumb, dumb drug lord. Yeah, so and he's this- supposed to be business savvy as well. I mean... Mm-hmm. So one of my questions for that, right, is was it meant to be toy guns? Like, because they, they built this thing up, he's selling, I'm selling your weapons because you're going to sell them onto our bison and we're going to make loads of money in that. And then they're like, they all pull their guns out and then they fire them and then he goes, toy guns, <laughs> we're going to beat you up instead. It, um, it's meant to be in this film, Ryu and Ken are like um, Robin Hood style con men. They, right. they 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 con actual warlords out of money, and that's how they survive. Yeah, they they, they they're supposed to be like a swindle, right? Like they the cigarettes not supposed to know that they're toy guns until he goes down to the docks, and he's like, "Wah!" Mm-hmm. But I mean that that's that scene it goes back to exactly what I was saying earlier, right? Ryu and Ken walk in in suits, and that fighting pit that you're talking about has Vega in it, mm. and it's and it's Vega, like it's mm. you know it's Vega in the video game. So they're, again, they're on different different planes of existence at that point, mm. it's, which sucks. It's stupid. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> See, my problem here is you're going to try and swindle a warlord out of a bunch of money for some guns, right? You're going to tell him that it's real guns, but it's plastic guns. You'd better be on the very next plane out of there, right? And then disappear into obscurity because... My guessing is that he's not going to take kindly to you basically stealing from him, mm. right? You seriously so, going to sit here and try and apply logic to this movie? Well, or, yeah, okay, fair enough. You know, he'll <laughs> try at certain points. <laughs> okay, so they get into a fight and then they end up in the cage with, or rather, Ryu ends up in the cage with Vega, and Vega they they, they do this thing where 
You remember in you remember in the Judge Dredd movie, which came out a year after this, when Dredd takes his helmet off and everybody went, "You can't do that. That's the worst thing ever. Don't ever take Dredd's helmet off." Well, Vega does that in the cage, revealing that he's some kind of like uh, some some handsome man standing there going, "Yes, I am the best." But nobody really batted an eyelid, right? He never took his mask off in the game, or did he? Yeah, um, sort of like a show off when you beat someone. He could take a mask off, but I think he turned round, so he didn't see his face. Yeah, he also, it whole... also fell off when you beat him as well, if mm. I don't, if I remember correctly. But that's the whole point, right? The whole point is that he wears the mask to obscure his face, so you can't really tell who he is. And then they do this thing where it's like they give Ryu a a, a, a sword. And it looks like it's made out of tin foil. Yeah. Like it's way too shiny. <laughs> you know when you're bored on a Saturday evening and you take a sheet of tin foil and, and put a, a towel over the top of it and, and iron it? That's what it looks like. So many times I've done that. So many times. <laughs> it's like, you know, too, can't too even many, count them on two hands. Too many warnings <laughs> from the police. You shouldn't run into shops with them. <laughs> I keep telling you, but you don't listen. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Um, I I love the fact that before he shows off, right, Vega's like playing to the crowd and everyone's loving him and stuff. And then you get that shot of Ryu and Ken and Ryu's just completely fine with the fact that Ken's got him into some serious fighting trouble with a guy with a claw and they share cans. Now, I don't know about anyone else, but if me and Jay did something like that, and then I was forced into a fight with a guy with a whacking great big claw on his hand. I wouldn't be civil about it. I'd be calling the shit out of him. <laughs> and then possibly slapping him before I left the, the arena. Uh, you mean me or do you mean the guy with the claw? You. Oh, if you oh, got right. me into that kind of trouble. You know, I if mean, I was if I was forced to fight a, a mass ballerina with a three foot claw on his arm, I would be mightily pissed off. <laughs> but, it, but it's all, it's all, I mean, that's the thing. The, the whole movie is all about bravado, right? Like it, every single character has their own, their own sort of bravado, their own one liners. Like, haha, you think you got me, but you don't because I got <laughs> this. And you know, how, how do you like the taste of my fist sandwich or whatever? You know, like it's, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just rid- ridiculous stuff like that because I think doesn't he doesn't like because um, Ken says to Sagat why are you making me watch this and he goes for research because you're next you know like, <laughs> and it's just like oh man it's just it's 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 how it's how you uh, you play act you know in the backyard when you're playing as kids you know what I mean mm-hmm. and it's like ha 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 you know all that sort of stuff over the top. And and that's why I'm confused about the sort of the the target market for this movie because it's in places an incredibly violent movie. There's mm-hmm. guns being shot everywhere. There's talk of missiles, but they never get fired. There's there's that wonderful scene later on that I think is just ridiculous at the black market where like it pans over to the black market and they're like you can hear these people with vague Middle Eastern accents saying, Hey, buy this weapon, buy that weapon, buy it today. It's this one was used in you know, the it was the actual Jeep that they used for this famous thing. And I'm like It's got five gears, two fold and three reverse, yeah. Yeah, right. Like no not none of the kids are gonna get that. But then maybe because of the way that it's written, it's like the dialogue is written for kids, but then it kind of isn't. It's- I, I see it as a, a generic uh, John claude goddamn film without all the blood and guts. Hmm. So if you take all of the, the blood, guts, violence, and the bigger explosions away, it's a, it's a stereotypical John claude goddamn film. 
yeah, the way I so see it's it. A family, family friendly Jean Claude film. Mm. The um, the, but I mean, yeah, and 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 Zangief is the is is all the kids' lines, right? You know, like there's a the, in that oh. the, at the, towards the end of that thing, there's a there's a point at which a bomb is being driven into a <laughs> into a tent, and everyone in the tent is watching this bomb being driven into the tent on a TV, and Zangief just goes, "Quick, change the channel." <laughs> <laughs> yep. Like, oh, Zangief. I you literally, silly duffer. I literally had to pause the movie because I was laughing that hard. <laughs> that was so good. Best line in the movie. Ex- yeah. Best non Raul Julia line in the movie. I have to say. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's pretty. It's pretty on point with these uh, with these quips, old Zangief. Um, <laughs> I mean. Really is. All I've got to say is Guile's pretty much over the top with his um, law enforcement, as oh, it definitely. were. Uh, primarily because he drives a tank with rockets <laughs> into the place where it's happening, at which yeah. point you, you hear anyone caught outside after curfew will be shot on sight. Yeah. Right? He drives into it by himself, the tank with two rockets, and says, you're all under arrest. Now... I can tell you right now, there'd at least be one guy in the audience who would go, fire the rocket then. <laughs> go on, I'm calling you bluff. Fire the rocket at me. That that wouldn't happen, though, because he doesn't just say you're under arrest, right? You, your listeners will be able to hear this look, right? What he does is he drives through and he goes... <laughs> you're all under arrest. It's, you know, <laughs> I'm sure everyone heard that look that I just yeah. did. You know, oh, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so so everyone gets arrested and um and Guile goes, I know, I've got this brilliant idea. Right, we know that Ryu and Ken tried to um, swindle Sagat out of loads of money. So why don't we get Ryu and Ken to team up with Sagat so we can find out where where uh, Guile, uh, where Bison's headquarters is? Because that can't fail at all, can it? Right. So they stage this breakout, and um, so this this world famous colonel who's in charge of this whole operation is standing in the middle of the street, firing a pistol at almost point-blank range towards Ken (laughs) and misses with every single shot. So as far as the world is concerned, because they're all watching... Stormtrooper. Yeah, right? (laughs) As far as the world is concerned, because they're all watching, he's a terrible shot. And it's like, how did you get to this point in your military career if you can't shoot the side of a barn with a bullet? It's a sidearm, right? It's like the first thing you learn how to how yeah. to fire in in action hero colonel school. You know, like, mm-hmm. sidearm your it. baby. And <laughs> how is it that two characters in the actual canon of the game who are brothers have separate surnames? Oh, they're not, they're actually, not are they? They're, they're not. They're, that's that's mm-hmm. kind of the point. Yeah, they're just sort of like brothers in like blood brothers or they work really close to each other so hey you're my brother because we care about each other so much right yeah i thought i thought the law was that ken got ken got adopted right 
by the by the uh, the sensei or whatever. I, I, I mean, I'm talking out of school here. I think that's what it is, but I'm pretty sure Ken got adopted by like Ryu's sensei or whatever. How how did Vega make another claw that fast? Yeah, right. He pulls out this claw that's made of bamboo and shivs. It's <laughs> prison. I mean, prison. It's the first thing you what? make, right? Is a Vega is a Vega claw. It's famous. So, so, pro tip, if you ever go to prison, make a Vega claw. <laughs> yeah, right. Easy to hide, you know, slices through, slices through, uh, you know, hanging sheet really easily, you know, as, as happens in the fight. You, can, you see slices. that in the fight. It slices, it dices, it makes 26 different kinds of fries. Wrong film. Um, so, all I've got to say is in this prison, right, the music is all kinds of 90s. Mm-hmm. Right, You've, and to a point where I was expecting a Ninja Turtle to do a kickflip over the prison and hear hundred points as it flies off and does the rest of the track. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's it's like a, a skateboarder's dream. I'm struggling to remember the music. Was it like was it like Big Trouble in Little China music, or was it like more like yeah, like your Ninja Turtles? It's, it was. Music? It was. It was the weirdest thing. It was sort of like. Classic '90s pop music, but with a funk. Ooh, it had a funk to it. It was stank. really odd. Yeah, yeah. A bit of stank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also, I also love the fact that when Guile was shot twice in the gut, right, and then they didn't get any medical help to him in time. All anyone did was take pictures. The, those, those medics, they did nothing. They just like checked his pulse, and they were like, "Well, I don't know." <laughs> Again, <laughs> you know, he's, it's, he's dead. It's the pro wrestling thing, right? You know, when they've got a minute chokehold and they lift their hand up and let it drop. That's what they did, but they just did it the once. Everyone knows you do it three times. At you least. Have to, and on that third yeah. time, it comes straight back up. They needed to get them defibrillators out. That's what they needed, you know? Well, yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. I think that's the next step. The first step is do the three-hand drop thing, mm -hmm. and if it goes all the way down, then defibrillate them. And then if that doesn't work, maybe play their theme music or something. Yeah, but the, but the 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 most underrated part of that whole scene, right, happens right towards the end. Chun Li's throw of her bug device that was in her top pocket this whole time, and the front the the front roll throw into the fold of the canvas of the truck. It was just oh, it was on point. They must have had to have done that a thousand times for her to get that right, because it definitely wasn't a cutaway. Like it was, you know, like she got that. First yeah. time I'm being sarcastic, listeners. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I wanted I wanted it to suddenly be like the the football, you know, it says match highlight. And she yeah. dive about four times and four commentators <laughs> telling you how they did the dive, how long she'd been practicing for. She nailed it first try and then straight back to the film. That'd have been awesome. Yeah, you don't see that every day. You don't see that every day. <laughs> you can tell that she's been putting in some practice in the preseason tryouts, and you can see right here as she goes down into the roll, she tucks her head in and pulls her arm beneath her so that she rolls with just the right amount of speed and then comes straight back up onto her, her, her into a crawl motion. And then, well, up there it goes. You can see the the angle at which her, you see that kind of thing. <laughs> I've, I've, I have not been listening to enough American sports, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> It's amazing. I'd love to have one of them just in my everyday life, you know, just someone standing in the corner. You know, just, he's going to take another sip of coffee, just like a hundred times he's done before. 
<laughs> oh man. But yeah, so the 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 tracking device goes on there, so then roving reporter Chun Li can actually follow where they're going to and uh so yeah they they I've I've got a major problem when Chun Li does a ninja bit. Yes. Oh, I was gonna bring that up. Yeah, yeah I've the, there's only two major problems before she finds she gets into the morgue that I've got. There's only two? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? First of all, surely dark green would work better for camouflage, if Discworld is to be believed. Dark, dark green, green works better green. than black, yeah, yeah. right? And secondly, if she's ninjaing it up, why didn't she cover her face so only her eyes were showing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. My 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 notes my notes say uh, Chun Li's stealth outfit covers everything about her except her face and her hands, i.e., the only things that are on her that could identify her. <laughs> um, that's 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 what I've written there, and and also I, I wrote somewhere as well that uh, that uh, Bison's guards they 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 need to go, man. They need to go. She she out outsmarted one of Bison's guards by just like basically going the wrong way downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's yeah. how she, that's how she got around that. It was yeah. It was she didn't need that ninja outfit. She really didn't. No. She really didn't. No one was paying attention. But hey, <laughs> if you can take and this is the thing, right? She's supposed to be. No, I'm not even going to go down that route. I was going to say she's supposed to be Chinese, but she's doing something. She's a ninja, which is a Japanese thing. But I won't go down that route because again, applying logic. Sounds like you just did though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do do not start critiquing the actress who voiced Mulan in the Disney film. Okay. Is she that it? Because she did, yeah. Yeah. Oh, she, no way. She was also oh. Dr. Aki Ross in Final Fantasy The Spirits Within. Right. Just wow. so That movie yeah. didn't have enough problems. Yeah. <laughs> she was yeah, the actress yeah. who played Aki Ross. Anyway, moving on. Have, have you got any problems with the stealth stuff? As I mean, the obligatory stealth section? That just... Uh, everything about it. <laughs> everything about it. Like and then they capture they like they catch her because she she sneaks in and she has a look at something and then she goes oh wait there's a there's a body with a sheet over it that has to be guile right so she goes over and pulls the 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 cover back and goes oh it is and then puts it back and turns around and he sits up Ba-da-da! fake shock and he kind of goes yeah I know I killed myself don't worry about it hey you you person over there that's just come walking in don't worry about it. The line he actually says is, if I wasn't going to give you an interview when I was alive, I'm definitely not going to do it when I'm dead. And what I've put in my notes is, kill it with fire, that f*** just sat up, is a zombie. <laughs> well, like, so here's, like, when I, maybe maybe we're getting onto the getting onto the part where I, I, I first watched this, right? Because, <laughs> you know, you're saying, you're saying, like, Christmas 94, so it was probably, like, you know, late 94, 95, I was, like, 9, 10 years old. And there was a corner shop down from the road from me, and they used to hire out videos. And it was like one of those, like, was, we're talking about in the 90s sort of thing, you know what I mean? So it's just, mm-hmm. they had like a little corner with videos and stuff. And I used to go down with like a couple of bucks, and I'd get like a, I got like Mortal Kombat there. I got like, you know, Street Fighter and stuff. I was a, I was a nerdy video game kid, and I wanted to watch nerdy video game movies. Um, and I got that, and as I say, I was like nine, ten years old, and that jump scare, like, it got me good. Like, it got me real good. <laughs> and, and then afterwards, my, like, nine, ten-year-old brain is trying to work it out in exactly the way that you just started joking. I'm like, is he a zombie? Is he, like, is he, is, is he a ghost? What's going on right now? I've got no idea. Oh, this plot, it's just, it's going too quick for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
But there's there's two jump scare sounds as well, isn't there? Like he sits up, bam, and then he turns slightly, bam. It's like why why the second one? What we already know because right? two's better than one. If oh, if you had enough. a third one, you'd be bordering on copyright because if the third one happened, you'd hear a narrator say "Thunderbirds I go," so they're, <laughs> they're only allowed to use two. <laughs> so so it was it was a copyright issue. That's why there was only two. There should have been one, but they just chucked in an extra one. Sail father could push it. That's what it was. <laughs> Fair enough. So as far as the outside world knows, Guile is dead. So we can deal with that. That's not a problem, right? Movie over. Exactly. <laughs> Credits, right? So Jun Lee says, you know, uh, what's going on? I'm going to go get him because I, she said, like, she says this stupid line along the lines of, I've wanted to, to get my revenge on uh, M. Bison for 20 years. You can't stop me now. And he's like, and I'm like, lady, that's not how international law works. I'm sorry, but that's not how it works. Even in an action movie, that is not how it works. <laughs> and essentially he says the same thing and she goes, fine, and jumps out the window. Because that's, you know, the reaction that you would have to someone saying that, right? Well, I'll just jump out this window. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it does the whole, let's go to the black market, which has the most, it has the most wonderful, stupid, cartoony bit. Well, yeah, but th- but but this this confused the hell out of me, right? The the notes that I've written down here is, cruise missile, this is amazing. All right. This is, and then it took me a second. I was like, oh, right, this is a flashback. It took me forever to work that out because there was no like wavy lines or anything like sort of thing. <laughs> because because E Honda and Chun Li and all that are all like in this roving band of travelers now, you know. And, and I was like, oh, okay, so this must be like, you know, before they got together and all that kind of stuff. And it took me forever then to realize, no, this isn't a flashback. This is just a really poorly made segue like because mm. it goes from her escaping to this like crazy far out scene where she's now out and and all and now she's got this whole like traveling band ruse and mm. it moved too quick for me i didn't <laughs> i got lost <laughs> all, all i've got for this part right is i'll read it all in one go a section of this is a direct quote from the comedian dylan Moran, right but what I've got is, it's a bloody Wednesday market for bad guys. You just imagine one guy going up to a stall seller and saying, I'll have some illegal, some forbidden, and some damn right disgusting, please. Could you please bag it up, because I'm late for the alligator wrestling. <laughs> I mean, that perfectly describes what's going on, because it is just, it's a market, it's a car boot sale. You know, these these weird uh, grifters just standing around going, you want to buy this mis- this missile, you want to buy that missile. What is it? Cruise cruise missile just add your own warhead. Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> this 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 Jeep has got five speeds, two front and one uh, three reverse. Yeah, right. This this helicopter has only been used once. It was used in an embassy siege once by the US military. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, it, it, it's it's definitely said with the same like you know emphasis and cadence. I'm not sure if this is a like I I know it's definitely not just an English thing because I've heard it in Australia as well. But in those sorts of markets, it's like someone selling fruit. Like oh, I got some lovely pears here, you know, three pears for five, and you know you come down here. Hey, I tell you what, I'll give you seven pears for seven. You know, like and all this kind of stuff. You know, like, it's just yeah. <laughs> oh, definitely yeah. Um, so they're there. They do this 
weird performance where they stuff her into a barrel and chuck her about and chop the barrel in half using that same tin foil sword from earlier except she's not in the barrel so everyone goes hooray that's the best magic trick ever the cap of that barrel had the word oh, capcom yes. on it yes mm. yeah, yeah. In there. a little bit of an easter egg there for you that's it nice. so yeah that whole thing happens and then they all walk away um uh, Chun Li, we don't, we're not supposed to realize it's Chun Li, but I mean we are, but we're not. Chun Li looks at um, Ken twice, and he goes, "She's into me. She's into me. I, uh, she's into me." Oh it's, my god! It's, it's a good thing he sat down. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Right. So his table's goes, a bit unstable. What the hell's going on? <laughs> so he's able to sneak off, not very well, but he's able to sneak off without Ryu realizing he's wandered off, and walks into this tent. And get sort of like tied up and put to one side, and then Ryu kind of goes, "What?" <laughs> and Ken, and just, 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 I tell you what, I'll go out this door and I'll walk about a bit, and I'll just get to the same tent because plot. I mean, who hasn't had that happen? You know. Well, yeah, I've I've definitely definitely lost my friend in a club and be like, uh, uh, check the toilets. <laughs> <laughs> so so the best thing I've ever seen on the internet was a uh it was a video and it was a, of I'm a girl. worried about this. No, no. And, 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 and it was called to the toilet. Hang on. Say the best wait, thing a, on the wait a second, will you? Right? And it was just how to keep an eye on your friend. Someone had a balloon on a piece of string mm. or a helium, yeah. tied it to a lock of her friend's hair, and wherever she went, there was a red balloon. So she knew where she was. She turned her friend into a Moogle, essentially. But she knew where her friend was in the club, so, so she just had to look at the balloon. That's what I was getting at. I don't know why you turned it day. Good God. All I'm saying is, Z-Boy said toilets, and you said the best thing on the internet. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, that's that's facts. That happened. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, right, so Ryu walks into the tent, and Ken goes, don't, it's a trap, right? Um Chun Li jumps out of the cupboard and stabs him in the back. You actually, if you watch it again, I wouldn't recommend you watch it again. But if you watch it again, she the prop sword goes into him, gets wiggled about the place, and plops straight out of him. And then she takes it away and puts it back onto his back. And you can see the blade retracting into the handle as she's doing it. And then it just sort of cuts. It's like that's it. That's the end of the. It's thing. a shock baton. Yeah, well, that's what it was. Whatever it was, she stabbed him with it. And then pulled it out of him and then stabbed him again. And he doesn't react. He doesn't sell it whatsoever. It's a fun time for the whole family. Absolutely. (laughs) But yeah, that's when they then, um, the uh, M. Bison and uh, Sagat then have this wonderfully stupid argument about, um, let's see the color of your money. I tell you what, when all this is over, you can have the country. And he goes, that's fine but let's see the color of your money. And then he gives him bison dollars or what I call bison bucks. And this is genius. <laughs> yeah. One bison bucks is going to be worth five British pounds when I kidnap and ransom the queen to the British government. <laughs> this dude's got aspirations. That's like really does. next on his plan of attack. You know, you see, this is it right from the school of M bison. If you're going to dream, you've got to dream big. You can't dream little. You've got to be like four steps ahead of everyone else, right? He's got on his list of things to do today. It's buy a bunch of weapons from um, Sagat, screw him over by giving him a bunch of money that's not worth anything, take over the world, abduct the queen, get milk. 
right? That's his list of things to do Probably. today. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he needs he needs to dream big, dream bigger than the Queen, though. I mean, at the end of the day, I heard I heard like you know the Queen only costs the average uh, UK taxpayer like twenty p a year, sort of thing. You know, how do you think people are going to feel if he starts trying to charge more than twenty p a year for for the Queen in ransom? Everyone's going ah, keep her. You know, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that will be exactly how it's put across. As well. Ah, keeper. <laughs> I don't like it, but I'm not going to pay for it. So you know, whatever. Exactly. So yeah, that's when we find out there's a bomb on the on the truck, and that's the the wonderful bit that leads up to uh, Zangief doing his quick change the channel line, which I absolutely love. Second best line in the movie. So, quick question. I've put yeah. down in my notes here. Where the hell did a reporter get all the explosives? And to add to that, who the hell in this film isn't a bloody warlord? Why do you guys um, keep on trying to put logic in this film? I don't get it. <laughs> because there is none. I'm just trying. I'm failing. But who isn't a warlord in this film if Chun-Li has got all these explosives? Well, I mean, Chun-Li's Chun-Li, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's, it's 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 the same. It's the same way that you explain anything when you're playing Dungeons and Dragons. It's like, ah, oh, what kind of logic is that? And it's like, there's magic, dude. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> it's, I, it's, I can't whenever, play Dungeons and Dragons. I'm not allowed. Well, I, well, I mean, but basically, you don't you don't have to have ever played Dungeons and Dragons to know that the point is, whenever anyone says in Dungeons and Dragons, why the answer is because magic. You know, mm. and and same same sort of thing here. I was told to leave because I wanted to um, play a character as uh, One Punch Man, and I was told to leave very kindly. <laughs> so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's why I can't play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Fair enough. So yeah, so they 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 stop the they stop the truck. They take everyone hostage, um, and they take them all back to the base. And Bison says, "Throw those guys in the cells. Do this with that person. Do that with that person." Then looks at Chun Li and goes all creepy and goes. Take her to my quarters. I want to give her a private interview. Have I and there's so many yeah. creepy pits, like creepy bits in this. Like honestly, there's so many creepy bits in this. I mean, we'll get. We'll, there's one at the end too, where Guile, who's supposed to be a good guy, goes all creepy as well. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that later. But man, <laughs> it's just like, yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I I don't even feel like it was a sign of the time either. Like mm-hmm. I feel like even back then. Yeah, because we, we live in different times now, you know, like pe- people are a lot more liberated. People like to treat people like actual people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? But but even back then, I, I feel like watching that, you would still kind of be like, that's, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to make a dress up, you know. <laughs> that was my next weird. thing, right? Because I've written down here, right? A private interview, or does he mean an interview with his privates, right? Because that's how it comes across, Right. That it feels like that's the line that's not said, but sort of inferred or implied or whatever. Um, I I love the fact that not only does he have one of those dividers to get changed in, yeah, right. Given that obviously the guy at the time he was going through cancer treatment, so it made sense not to see his body. But mm. he had a divider to get changed in, right. And then once he had his like his smoking jacket on, he came out from the divider. Took off his grey hat and put on his red hat. So he's got like a hat for every day of the week. That's just pure class. Geometry for the hats is amazing. Just pure class. One hat for every day of the week. I love it. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's. 
I, I wrote I wrote that down as well. I was like, oh my god, I want one of those smoking jackets and hats. It's like a, it's like a velvet hat as well. It's like red velvet. It's not just a red hat, man. It's like red velvet hat, and he's got like a proper smoking jacket. Oh man, it's yeah. Like yeah. M Bison knows how to dress for the lounge, definitely. Oh, definitely. Yeah, but but this is the thing. Right? We're forty eight minutes into the film, and finally Chun Li is in her outfit. We've also had a few minutes earlier. Ryu and Ken are finally in their outfits, but it's like forty odd minutes in, and we we're almost at the point where yeah, we're about to see the characters as we expect them. This is also after it's only like a quick two minute sequence, but you see, is it Balrog, whatever the hell his name is, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and Honda, like, uh, yeah, 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 being tortured to a point where when the torturer just naffs off, you see the marks on Hyundai's back, even though it's not like gratuitous, there's still blood and torture in this film. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, I mean, to be fair, and, the, blood, the blood is clearly like ketchup. Like, yeah, oh, definitely. They, Obviously, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. They, haven't, they, they haven't spared any expense on the uh, special effects. <laughs> it's it's most of the money went into all of Van Bison's hats. That's where most of the production yeah. money went, you know. Maybe I don't know. I think like you, it's the blink and you miss it scenes with the um with the speedboat that are the where all the money went. Oh, you mean thunder, thunder in paradise? Yeah, right. Thunder in paradise. Yeah. The the blink if you miss it bit we have almost already skipped over. A blink if you miss it bit. There is a part when Ryu and Ken are first in their gear. They walk through a training room, like a, a a changing room in the training room sort of thing, and there is a guy. In a towel with a gun, and, <laughs> like, and Ken is it either Rio or Ken says, "Nice gun." Yeah, the guy just nods. I want to know that guy's backstory. I want a spin-off of the guy in the towel with the gun. Like, how did that come to be? Why? Why can't you get dressed first? Well, you know, like, why do they have to happen at the same time? It's like he's the extra DLC character in the game if it was re-released today. Guy, guy with gun in towel. He's just stood there ready to fight, you know. Maybe maybe he just has a really nervous gun that will only have a shower with him, right? <laughs> and he has to, like, get into the shower with it, right? Maybe that's it. So as a soldier, oh. he's fine, but his gun suffers from uh, PTSD. Yeah, right. Or maybe the gun isn't strong enough and they've both been down at the gym together and he's been, like, he's been spotting the uh, the gun whilst it's been doing some some deadlifts or something. Well, can you maybe see that's why it? I want this? Can you see why I want this backstory? Can you see why I'm <laughs> crying out for it? Like, what's going on with the guy in the towel with the gun? See, I don't see that. What I see is the gun's got to get fit, right? So it's on the treadmill, but it's not running. What he's doing, it's cartwheeling and bouncing as it's hitting <laughs> each you know, tail and top and tail of the, the, the gun. So it's just dink, 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 just flipping constantly on this treadmill. <laughs> <laughs> well, the guy in the towel was like egging him on go on you can do it another maybe mile that's it. <laughs> maybe that's it but well, I gun, agree the gun a mind possessing alien that is yeah. actually like the guy is just like you know like did you ever see the um, Master of Puppets that movie Master of Puppets with yeah. the aliens that go into the back of your neck maybe it's like a similar sort of thing you know like he's he's polishing it and the and the um, towel that he's polishing it with is just covering up the connection to his hand and he's actually being taken over by this gun as a whole other spin off you know this is making we- more sense in the story of the actual film we, I mean, we could be here all evening coming up with theories about the te- the guy in the towel with the gun. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Chun-Li I, I starts just... monologuing. 
I want to say just before the monologue, right? She's been dressed up in this gear, given the hair buns, right? In this Chongyam type dress, given the hair buns, and then put into handcuffs. So did she choose to put the dress on or did a bison choose to put the dress on her? Is a question that I feel like I need to ask, but I don't want anyone to answer it. Yeah, I feel like that seems creepy enough without us dissecting that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, w- I would like to say, though, when Chun-Li starts monologuing, correct me if I'm wrong, monologuing is a device of a bad guy, right? I will reveal all my plans to you and then yep. you'll inevitably kick my teeth in. So that just adds weight to my theory that Chun-Li's a warlord. Oh, I, I mean, She's monologuing to M. Bison how she's going to destroy him on top of blowing up all this stuff earlier on. So she's a warlord in this, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, let's talk about that because I wrote that in my notes as well. I was like, is M. Bison the good guy in this? You know, because Zangief thinks he's the good guy. Like, mm-hmm. that, like Zangief thinks he's, he's going to look. And, and there is a monologue that, um, uh, M. Bison has earlier in the film. We won't, we don't need to rewind now, but, um, you know, he walks around and he says, all I want to do is take over the world so that then everyone can live in peace under my rule. And I'm like, okay. I mean, it kind of sounds like a dictatorship, but at the same time, I mean, if everyone's living, you know, think, think about a far flung future where there is a population on Mars and, and the planet Earth becomes like a thing. There's it's probably going to be like a president of planet Earth. Like it's probably going to be like a person, right? So it's it's not that crazy. And you think about what Guile does, and all he does is steal stealth boats, which is kind of the next thing that he does, right? I, I will add that that impassionate speech and Bison gives Zangief is in tears by the end of it. Yeah, I just like to point that out. It's beautiful. <laughs> I'll also point out, yeah, Guile steals speedboats and disobeys orders. He doesn't just do that. He steals a speedboat, disobeys orders, right? Destroys, because remember, when M. Bison first shows off Bisonopolis, right? He says, this temple used to be a wonder of the world. So not only has um, Guile stolen a speedboat, he's disobeyed orders and blows up an ancient wonder from the world. Who's the bad guy again? So are we saying that Colonel Guile should be arrested under war crimes? Is that what we're saying? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, Colonel Guile's the bad guy. We had it wrong all this time. Bison actually says, we will all live together in Pax Bisonica, right? And I immediately thought, Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog, something like that. No, Mm -hmm. it's actually fake Latin, and it means the peace of Bison or the piece brought about by Bison. Mm -hmm. So he's actually, like you say, he's saying, I want to make peace. I want to make the world a better place. So is he the bad guy? And with that, I'll just give you, I wrote down the line that he says. I can't give you the same gravitas, but I'll tell you the line. I don't think anyone can do the same gravitas as Ralph. For you, the day Bison graced graced your village was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was a Tuesday. Damn! Which... Perfectly Enjoy. sums up his character. Perfectly yep. mm-hmm. sums up his character. <laughs> and the way that Raul Julia performs that line perfectly sums up why Raul Julia was easily one of the greatest actors in the world ever. Right? Greatest bad guy. Yeah, well, I mean, 
I don't know. What I wrote at the start of the film was like, I always thought that Jerry, Jeremy Irons was the one who was uh, M. Bison. And then I was, uh, I came in and I was like, hmm, this guy's kind of like not Jeremy Irons. And I mean, I don't want to speak ill of the dead, you know, like, yeah. but, but at the same time, it's kind of, I mean, you know, I feel like Jeremy Irons would have been better there. Well, I don't Audio know. Pasquale. Not <laughs> this again. <laughs> Well, I'll get him fitting in one of these movies eventually. But we, we were talking about the uh, when he steals the stealth boat, right? Yes. And there's this whole there's this whole like section where um, Van Damme does this like speech, and he's like, "Hey, did you know that uh, that uh, they all want us to go home? And uh, you know, I don't think I don't think that that that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to fight." And uh, and everyone's like, yeah. And it's like, oh, do you want to go home? And then I, in my notes, I wrote, uh, I want to go with Van Damme. F yeah. I ain't going home. Exclamation mark zero. I don't know why I had zero there. But I was really <laughs> excited, obviously. Um, and then there's a, there's a note after that, right? Then what happens is there's like just this panic and there are like people running, like screaming, like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to do this and all this. And there's these like, um, like bureaucrats who are like sort of getting knocked in amongst all the furor. And I've written a note here and I'm going to read it out verbatim. Okay. You've got to see this 4746 in the film. There is a completely out of context woman running, holding, holding her shoe. shoe for absolutely no reason. Yep. <laughs> Other than that, it's just mass panic and it's yep. hilarious. She holds her shoe up to the camera and stuff, and it's just like no context. It's great. <laughs> what I will do is I will make sure that I get a screen grab of the woman holding the shoe for the show notes. So click through and check that out. Now, all the way through the film, and up to this point, you keep seeing um, Carlos, right, or Blanca, as he's called in in the film, and he he keeps zipping back to him getting the the treatment of seeing all the war crimes and stuff, and he's getting all those drugs pumped into him, and his 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 muscles built. He says body mass up by fifty six, sixty, seventy percent, right? So muscle mass now. Later on, you see him, and there is nothing. No, he's not changed. He's, he he's not changed. changed. All I can think of is that his strength has increased, which you see because he lifts people up. But as for muscle mass, I was expecting the doors to open and the yeah. Incredible Hulk with a ginger wig to walk out. Well, I'm just just from the screens at the beginning, like going through the movie, seeing normal screen, and then a stick figure who's built like a brick shit house. You know, and there's there's arrows pointing to his muscles saying these are the things that are building up and he walks out and he's no bigger than Guile. I mean, I've got it written down in my notes that Blanca is the biggest tease in this movie. Yeah. And it does not pay off at all. No. No like you were saying earlier on, Z Boy, that there was this whole build up to uh Blanca, look, he's got this backstory and we're building him up, and then he walks out and it's like so it's a dude in green paint with an orange wig. Doesn't cries. Do electricity, damn it. Exactly. Doesn't he gets out and he cries. That's it. Friend. Friend. It's but ridiculous. I've also got written down, do you remember Blanca? Because um he's Guile's friend, but only when he remembers that he's Guile's friend. Mm-hmm. Like the way that the friendship is sort of played off, it's like when you first hear uh, Van Damme going, 
uh, Carlos, Charlie, Charlie, don't worry. I'll come and get you. Be safe. And you're like, these guys are tight. These guys are best friends. These guys have been through everything. And then you see some footage later on of them trying to get these ladies to do things with their, whatever they're doing. Right? And they're, yeah, they are tight. They're friends. They're, he's the wingman. He's best mates. And then like he spots him and goes, I'm going to kill you. And he's like, Charlie, Charlie, it's me. Charlie, I'm your friend. And he goes, friend friend and then starts crying i'm like no this is not blanca but what happens next is even more insane it is and it's the reason why i think m bison is the good guy is yeah. the first thing that van damme says or, or guile says is i'm gonna fix this for you and he cocks his weapon he's gonna put blanca down that's like the only yeah. the only solution to this it's, you crazy bastard no, don't kill him. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> so, t- two things before we get to the blanket thing, and I got a bit ahead of myself. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, so when when the the guy who gave me his orders saying these are your new orders, the head of the security council, right? When he's in the chopper and he's reporting back to the head of the security council, he says, "Oh yes, yes, yes." He, I gave him the orders, but he's a bit of a maverick, you know. And then he says, uh, "Oh yes, there's there's still soldiers back at the base," and you get a shot of the cook staring this pot, <laughs> that's, right? That's and then a cat, so good. just a single cat. They left a cat to protect a an slash UN base by itself. So if anything, the cat is the MVP for the entire film, taking on all oncomers to protect this massive military base by itself with nothing but small paws. Yep. Well, but before he even gets in to um, the base, you get my favourite thing ever about the film where the, the, the AN military forces didn't suspect that a guy such as Bison wouldn't have all this technology and he could detect other than radar, an outdated concept to find stuff, when there's a boat coming down his river. So he says, witness, this is what you've done to Chun-Li. And then he gets on his little pod and he, he hovers in the middle of the, the, the big room, looks at the screen and starts detonating mines with an arcade stick. That is genius. Yeah, With the sounds as well when he's, when he's hitting... Do you know what the best part about that is? It's sort of, I've written this down. This is from memory, so I'm going to need to, like, we'll probably need to fact check this at some stage. But from the looks of that, I distinctly remember that in my own mind from being, that's the arcade, like, that's the arcade joystick from the stand-up box from, from <laughs> back in those days. Um, like the stand-up Street Fighter Two box, that was the thing that was, that was on that box. And I was like, that's, and, and, and this is the, this is kind of the thing, and I guess we're, we're sort of getting towards the end of the film here, so I can start doing a little bit more of a of a, a, a review here. Is 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 a sense that um, I don't I I think all of this was well intentioned, but implemented poorly. Because they've got all these things in there that are like nods to the gamers, like, oh yeah, look, he's got the he's got the joystick that all you guys play on, and that's his thing, like you know, and that's a cool thing, like people should be excited about that. But it's just by that time, I've just you know, I've had to sit through you know Chun Li becoming Chun Li, and and M Bison has been M Bison the whole time, and Blank has come out, and now he's you know not cool because he doesn't do electricity, he just cries, you know, like it, it's yeah. 
Delson without the stretchy limbs. Right, mm. Delson was the biggest disappointment. I was like, wait, he's just a scientist? Come on, man, like make him stretch a bit. He doesn't even mm. become bald until the right right towards the end. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing I did notice, I pick up on these little things. When Guile, Cam, Lieutenant Cammy, and T-Hawk, because, you know, we all remember him, start sneaking into the base. Yep. Right? There's a random guard on the outside. Now, Guile grabs his legs, trips him up, and then knocks him out by smacking his ass. <laughs> so surely all of those, it means that all of the bison soldiers, their weak point is their ass. <laughs> well, I the mean, backside. A- so all, all you got to do is give it a good punch, and then that's it. It's a famous technique, you know. It's, um, I'm not sure. Ah, did you ah, not know the about more that? You one? Know. No, yeah. the more you know, oh, obviously. Okay. So just shortly, I've got a point for. I've got something to say for that little scene, but I've got just shortly before that. There's this wonderful bit where, um, where Sagat and Bison are having a go at each other, and Bison goes, "At least I could see them," and covers up the wrong fucking eye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. If you're gonna make fun of someone, you don't do it wrong. That's <laughs> bullying one on one. Do it right. <laughs> you know, someone's you, got their congratulations. Right you just bullied yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then, yeah. So when when the the good guys, when the AN are storming the island, right? There's this wonderful bit where they're all fighting, right? And there's lots of whip cuts, and Cammy's fighting away, and there's this brilliant bit where she jumps into the air and goes. Kick! Like, if you watch it again, you yeah. can literally yeah. hear her say, kick! It's like fan kick or something, she says. And then yeah, she yeah, does yeah. The, the world's most ridiculous hurricane runner that should have killed the guy because he landed square on his cranium, bang, top of his head, on the floor, and yet he still moves afterwards. Yeah. Did you see when Cammy did that thing where she was, like, on... Yeah, it was like a like a, a hurricane runner, but then some guy, like, lands on her and you can see that the stunt has obviously just gone wrong but they just let it go in the film because this like fully grown man has just completely collapsed onto this like and she you know the 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 stunt actress was you could see there was not a lot of her and mm-hmm. like this guy just crushed her <laughs> and you could tell afterwards she would have just been lying on the ground for like 10 minutes like oh my god that went so wrong but they still put it in the film <laughs> yeah so they they storm the temple. Oh, sorry, Scratch. What were you going to say? I was I was going to say when when he's sort of talking. To, it's weird because when when Guile meets Blanca and then Dalsum says, "You've got no right. You've got no right. What gives you the right? Well, why bring that sort of you know? He's saying that he's he's like half bad, half good, but he recognizes things. We don't need to know this. He isn't shocking anyone. And then and then the timer runs out. And Bison says, I'm not going to shoot you. I'm going to have one of my soldiers rip you apart. And then they bring the pod up, mm-hmm. which Guile's in. And considering this is, I mean, this is, this, I don't know why I'm bringing logic into this, but he does the world's most arcing, straightforward jump kick over blades. Oh, it's the best. It's the best. It is the kick. best, but it, it's, it's meant to look like he's going straight forward, yeah, but, but he must have jumped over the blades to kick him right in the face. You're both saying it's the best. It's the worst, right? It is the worst piece of wire work I've ever seen. Because, like, when it cuts to it, it's not even Jean Claude Van Damme. And we're watching this on a, we're each watching this on our own screens, our own TVs, which compared to the size of a cinema screen, 
right? You're going to spot that. And not only that, he's holding on to the wire that's pulling him forwards. Did, did, it, did anyone notice that Jean-Claude, Jean-Claude goddamn stunt guy had blonde hair and not ginger? Yes. <laughs> yes. His stunt, it, his stunt man had bright blonde hair. Also, did you notice that Jean-Claude Van Damme did his own stunts except for when Guile got hurt? When it was Guile getting hurt, he, well, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to let the stunt guy do that. Let the stunt guy get thrown about. But, but see, the thing is, right, is that you guys are having a go at the, the film for generally the cinema, cinema photography being bad, right? And, and, and I get that. But, yeah. you know, when, when, you, when you go and see these sorts of films, there is a certain level of um, suspending your disbelief. You know, you, you, go and, you go and watch Die Hard 3, you know, and there's all these, like, crazy – he sw- swings down that wire all the, like, you know, from the top, of the, the top of the bridge all the way down to the boat and all that kind of stuff. And then he starts – you know, he pulls the pieces of the wire out of his shoulder and picks the handcuffs with it and all that kind of stuff. And, and you suspend your disbelief for it because because you want to because it's a good film right um the i think the reason why you're less inclined to suspend your disbelief for this film is for exactly what i was talking about earlier it's it's it's, it's about the continuity it's about the the pacing of the film is that it's just all over the place and there are things in it that just happened, like the guy in the tower with the gun, and you're just like, why? Why is ship. that even happening? What, <laughs> yeah, what, what is even going on? Like, and and I think that if those <laughs> things were removed, and if everyone started on the same level and then gradually grew up throughout the film until they were all amazing, and there was this amazing final battle, and and that final battle as well. One thing that I wrote here was the majority of the final fight. Like, you know, the, the final, like, there's the, the final battle is sort of like elongated and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. The majority of it is shooting. Mm-hmm. It's Street Fighter. Don't, mm-hmm. don't show me shooting at people. And Guile yeah. knives a guy by throwing a knife across the room and hits a guy who then hits a console command. Mm-hmm. He throws a knife. This is, this is, this is a John Claude Goddamn film, but from a, a less mature audience. Like, mm-hmm. why do you have to throw the knife? Yeah. We all know that Guile has this move that he can do. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I, I was quite disappointed that John claw goddamn, didn't have, like, the flat top yes. all the way through the mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, just stick a wig on him. It, 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 it's, it's, it was quite easy for me to uh, find the, this note about what you were just talking about because it's all in caps in my notes. And it says, use your sonic boom, Guile. M. Bison has electricity for some reason. Surely you have your sonic boom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I love it when the assault's going on and then you've got both sides and they said, leave him. We're going to kick the crap out of each other, right? And then it goes to the AN forces, in, in bunny quotes, and it's the clearly the Japanese commander, right? And they go, we've, we've found a terminal. We've hacked it. Do you want to go see it? And they bring it up. And then you see Zangief and E. Honda... <laughs> Fighting and smashing up the Bisonopolis place with the Godzilla sounds as they're throwing each other all over the place. And does it make me a bad person that I love that reference and that scene? Does it make me a bad person? Seriously, because I love that. It's because it's Zangief. That's why you love that scene. Zangief is the best character in this Zangief movie. Zangief is right? the best character. But yeah. it's, it's, it's the sound effect of actual Godzilla as the trash in this Bisonopolis place. Yeah. 
<laughs> and, and actually, during that fight as well, there's a scene where Ryu and Ken, Ken has decided, right, I'm going to run off. Like, this is, mm. you know, I, I'm done. I'm done here, you know. And the the the, the exchange goes like this. Uh, Ken's running off and uh, Ken kind of goes, oh, you know, uh, we're not going to stay here. You know, it's, it's not worthwhile. And Ryu says, I've already found something worthwhile. And Ken says, I don't understand. And then Ryu says, I know you don't. And that's like that's like the whole thing. And I think the implication is that he's going back for Chun-Li, but at this point there has been no indication throughout the film whatsoever that there's any sort of romantic interest there at all. I know what but- it is. He's, he's going back to save that guy with a gun in a towel. <laughs> That's it. He must That's be going back to save his friend. It's just an instant connection. He's going back to save that guy. It must be. <laughs> <laughs> um. Also, you, you get to a point after that where Chun Li and I'm going to say Balrog. I don't quite know his name. They're in, they they beat up a guard and interrogate him to say where can we find where, where can wind we find oh. yeah the, the wind up was brilliant where can where can we find these hostages where did Balrog get his boxing gloves from where did he get his boxing shorts from yeah. where did he get his where did he get his scramjet sound effect while he was winding up his uh... <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he did it himself? It was like a boom mic right <laughs> over him. He's going, I, 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 I. Yeah, yeah. he had to do it like six times to get the sound effects right. No, no, no. I mean, like in character, Balrog, when he punches people, he goes, boop. <laughs> not the actor, the character. No wonder he lost his boxing career. He was too busy trying to make sound effects while boxing. Bap, boop, bap. And someone just knocks him out. And see, obviously, shortly after that, uh, Kylie Minogue must have had some more, or, or Cammy must have had some more uh, dialogue because I've written here that, uh, to be fair, I've made fun of Kylie Minogue's accent at the start, but I just realised that Van Damme's accent isn't even close to American. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not even close. He's he, he seems to be able to sidestep it the same way as um, as uh, Schwarzenegger does, you know, where it's just like, yeah, uh, yeah, I am, I am American. Get away from me. I am American. (laughs) I'd like to add that when when they sort of do the fight in the gym and Ryu's by himself and it's two on one and then Ken shows up. I'd like to add two things. One, up until this point and including this fight, there is a hell of a lot of leg foo in this film and it really does work. Like leg foo, any film that leg foo is in, you're going to be able to defend yourself. That's just how it is, right? And secondly, did anyone else notice that Ryu fires a fireball at Vega in that fight? Yeah. Yeah, the, the hard you can. That's, yeah, it doesn't... He doesn't say it. Mm-hmm. But it happens. You see the flash. Yep. Yeah. The the, the and and that's another note that I've made here. That effing hard yokin is so weak. And I remember being super disappointed as a kid. Like I had to watch this movie five or six times before I even realized that was the hard yokin. I like I was like, oh, he doesn't even do a hard yokin the whole the whole time. And then I was like, no way. That gut punch with a bit of bit of light coming out of it. That was the hard yokin. Oh man. 
But that that fight scene, right? Because it's in that sort of locker changing room, right? But it's the only one in the in the game that uh, in the movie where it's designed to look like it's come from the game as well. Because like the backdrop is the, the the Great Wave, which is the place that you usually fight E Honda if you're not playing as E Honda when you mm-hmm. fight him in Japan in the game. It's mm-hmm. designed to look like that. So it's the only set that matches the actual the actual game, as far as I know. Um, also, um, is the is the way that DJ is presented in this movie is he is he racist? Like, is the character racist? I know he's Jamaican, but like, he, he shouldn't have left his job at Microsoft, should he? <laughs> I mean, I couldn't have been the only person that noticed that. I should have stayed at Microsoft. <laughs> Such a stupid life. <laughs> I had to pause. That I was laughing so hard. Oh man, that's the thing that almost made me tap out. Should have stayed at Microsoft. You what? Pause. Hang on. Wait a minute. (laughs) So like, so they're all escaping. Um, and I've I've got a few bits before that. So with with like M Bison um having all this tech and stuff, we you know he had the hazmat suit from Black Mesa before Gordon Freeman did. Absolutely, because it revives him. Yes. And turns him into some sort of... I mean, he turns into Raiden. With <laughs> yes. his electromagnetic shock things and what have you. Yes. And that's what that's what pissed me off the most, because they could give M. Bison electricity, and he didn't have electricity in the game, but mm. but Blanka does have electricity in the game, and they wouldn't give it to him. Mm. Why? Not only that, right? At one point, Blanka gets thrown against one of the generators and gets electrocuted. Like, if anything's going to give him electricity... Which is a rule, a thing in the universe that they created later in the in the movie. That should have been it, right? Yeah. <sighs> I also like the fact that Guile in a fight against Bison starts breakdancing. Yes, yeah, he takes him out by doing one of those breakdancing moves. Yeah, very nannies. Yes, mm. it really is. Mm. But yeah, I just, uh, I just. But the thousand hand slap, though the thousand hand oh, slap yes. happens, and that was satisfying. Seeing yes. the thousand hand slap, I was just like, "Yeah, thousand hand slap <laughs> against Sangeef, no less." Yes, yeah. Mm. Um, the uh, <laughs> something happens that's quite um, in the eighties and nineties action films that didn't have a time, didn't have a name at the time, but does now, and it's slightly different. It's cool guys always get thrown across the room by explosions. Mm-hmm. That's what happens to Gal when he he or seems to be double, triple something kicks bison across the room mm-hmm. I, I don't understand how he does that with all the power he's got on his feet the electromagnetic things on his feet well he had the in in the game guile had a like a, a backflip kick mm. thing which he does three like times whole, yeah 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 there's a lot of fan service in in the ways like he fights and stuff but like mm. yeah, but there isn't any fan service in the fireballs i mean just <laughs> right for real <laughs> the, they clearly aren't going for realism, right? You know, in a, in a world that's got in the world that's got a floating thing that's that's driven by an arcade machine, in a world where there's a suit that has electricity coming out of it, you know, in in, in, in there's so many things that uh, in, in a world where there's a stealth boat, there isn't there isn't <laughs> magic Hajukun fireballs. Like, come yeah. on, you know, like that that that's so disappointing. This this world is just ripe for a D and D conversion. Let's face it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I've got nothing till the end of the film now. I've only got oh, two yeah, of the yeah. parts. Like, 
they 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 all run off they all get outside of the building and it blows up right dj grabs his uh, his savings and gets out and says i'm off to jamaica jamaica here i come and sagat says no jamaica here we come which sets you up for this wonderful joke at the end of the movie but they get out right huge explosion and then um and and they're like oh what are we gonna do what are we gonna do and uh and guile that whole bit that uh z-boy brought up earlier on that whole um i'll have that interview now and he goes mm, look you up and down yes if you wear that dress no no i th- my notes say that shit is creepy as fuck like <laughs> holy crap that is so so creepy the way he looks her up and down like honestly how mm. what what who thought that was a good idea it was so bad I want to know why the obvious still frame at the end, there wasn't a foot flash from Cammy. There is, if you pause it. Wait, I mean, no, there isn't. She's, she's not in the correct uniform, is she really? There's no legs showing. There's no camo stripes across her legs. No, but she does, no the, butt flash. She does, she does the butt flash. She does the butt flash, but I mean, just it's... Just the pose. You know, yeah. Um, I mean, Kylie Minogue is actually pretty famous for making sure that uh, that that things are above the board. I'm not sure if you've seen some of her film clips, but uh, you know, I saw an interview with her one time. She's like, "No, I watch those things a lot to make sure that everything's okay." Because she gets a lot of side boob going on in there and stuff. (laughs) That's fair enough. Um, But yeah, that that freeze frame is the most stupid thing. I've literally written down, stupid freeze frame is stupid, but perfectly in keeping with the tone of the movie. <laughs> I've written I've written that it looks like a bunch of cosplayers at a con. Because <laughs> it does. It looks exactly like a bunch of cosplayers at a con, like doing got a it. pose for a photo. I've got it. There's no actual famous actors in this. It's just really good lookalikes. That would explain <laughs> the tone of the film. It's just really good lookalikes. That's all it is. But I'd like to add that executives at Capcom liked this film before it went out. Mm. So they were fine with it. Yeah. <laughs> so the th- the thing the thing that I that was like a recurring theme in the notes that I was writing throughout this was that um I I was saying the problem the, almost the problem is right is that this this film needed a sequel where you mm. could be like hey you got to get through the first one it's a real stinker but once you get through it like when everyone is amazing from second one in the next film, like that's when things are really going to start getting good. Mm. Kind of like a, a Godfather Part Two to a Godfather sort of thing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and, and and I think I think that is is really what this film needed. Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. hinted at it if you waited for the stinger at the end. Yeah, the the post credit scene. Unfortunately- Ma- Marvel eating off. They did it first. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, unfortunately. Because um, Raul Julia passed away shortly after making the movie. But that wasn't the only reason why it didn't get a sequel. But unfortunately, because he passed away shortly after making the movie, they, they, they never made a sequel. Mm. Come on, come on. This this film was going to have trouble with changing actors. Like, that was <laughs> that was going to be the thing that broke this, <laughs> broke this franchise down. Well, yeah. <laughs> this film had problems with seeing stunt actors mm. and all the no, safety gear. That's true. It, um, yeah, the, 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 
the way that it was put together, it felt in places very much like a TV movie. Like if you ever see a TV movie from the 90s and they have to switch to stunt people for certain scenes, it's blatantly obvious that it's a stunt person. And the same thing in this movie, you keep seeing the stunt people and it breaks that whatever emotion you have, you know. <laughs> but I will say this, I will say this, right? They got at least one thing right with this movie. None of the fights happen in streets. And in Street Fighter and Street Fighter 2, there's only two stages which are actual streets. Mm. I'd, I'd like to add just one glaring inconsistency for the entire movie. In Street Fighter 2, Chun-Li's in a blue outfit. Mm. That's the only yep, that's a problem. There. That's a real problem. <laughs> that is that is a real problem. That's what broke it for me. Immersion was gone. She was in a red uh, do outfit. You, do you know why she was in a red outfit? Did you notice the fact that everything that uh, M. Bison touched was red? And it like had his he, little symbol on it as well. Yeah, like when Straws, in that in, in that in that scene when she was when she was uh, in that red dress, he was pouring red drinks because mm-hmm. M. Bison only drinks red drinks because red yeah. red's baller, right? <laughs> Was for him. He changed out of a grey hat to a red one. Yeah, right. Because because red it's, velvet because luxurious. He's a warlord. It's, why not? It's why not flaunt time. it? Yeah, lounge time is red. Right. That's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised you don't know these rules, Squidge. Yeah, right. I mean, it's some of that I forgot. I watched it earlier on today, and I I just completely <laughs> forgot it. I was I was I was trying to put logic into the film where I shouldn't have really. Fair There's no enough. place for logic in this film. No, there really isn't. So how would we each rate this movie? I do have a, a there's a there's an extra bonus little uh, feature that I want to bring up if we get time, but each of us, how would you rate this movie? As an action movie, as a um what did we say it was it, as a as a movie, as a standalone movie, just something to watch on a rainy day, as an action movie, and as a video game movie. How would you rate the? How would you rate this film? And the three ratings we have are: I absolutely love it. You should try it out because it might be worth it. Or fling this thing into a tree. Squidge. No, not me. See, boy, come on. All oh, right, okay. Uh, I want uh, you to go first, see, boy. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, I mean, as an actual film, fling it into a tree and then nuke it from orbit. <laughs> um, it's the only as, way to be sure, right? Yeah. <laughs> as, as a. As a uh, an action film, I mean, it's it's kind of a give it a try because it 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 wants to it wants to be a good action film. It's just a continuity, you know. And I think the thing about the thing about bad action films, it's kind of like um, you ever seen like comedians who their whole shtick is like dying on stage, like they pretend to die on stage. Mm. And there's a certain like finesse and, and way to do that. You know, you're talking about like your, um, so with the action film stuff, you're talking about stuff like, you know, like Die Hard and, um, Lethal Weapon and stuff like that, where it's, it's, it's so bad, but it's bad to a, um, to so a formula. Yeah. yeah, it's so so bad to a formula that you're willing to just go, yeah, okay, that's happening now. You know, I, I don't care about that. But this is all over the place. So it's really difficult to follow. Um, but then as a video game film, as a fan of of Street Fighter, I also feel like it's a give it a try because, because they try so hard to throw in uh, nods to the gamers and they throw in the things like, like the thousand hand slap was easily the best move in the whole film. Because it was just like it was exactly what you expected it to be, 
and you know it was like yeah thousand hand slap that's wicked you know like mm. but all the rest of them like you know it was but then the thing where they threw in the arcade stick i can imagine in those days if i'd been you know throwing all my quarters or whatever into the into the stand-up box down to the arcade and then i saw that in the film i'd be like oh that's wicked you know like that's been thrown in there for me um so but but they they do it they do it so haphazardly they do it in a way that it's like well you know, because when you first see Chun Li, when I first saw Chun Li, I was like, I'm so disappointed because that's just like, <laughs> she's just a reporter. You know, who cares? Mm. She hasn't got a thousand kicks. You know, mm. and she anyway. doesn't in this movie. She doesn't. Right? She doesn't do One it at all. Thing that, like, there's two things that make Chun Li Chun Li. One is the outfit, and the second is the kicks. And she only has one of those in this movie. Mm. In fact, That's she right. doesn't even really fight properly, does she? She kind of throws a few punches and kicks at some at one point with Bison. That's it. Yeah. So, so what would you say for like a video game movie then? Well, yeah. Sorry, I was that was my that was my last one was was give it a yeah. try basically because uh, I think I think I would only give it a try if you were really a fan of Street Fighter Two back in the day because as I say, it is worth watching to see the thousand hand slap. It's worth watching to see because Zangief was my favorite character. And so to see him come to life and kind of be the comic relief as well, which was 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 really nice. Um, but you know, I think if you never played the game back in the day, just don't even bother. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say, Squidge? Generic film, I'd say give it a try because there's a lot worse. If you've right. if you've ever seen Samurai Cop, don't. Um, but there are a lot worse movies that are even video game tie-ins, but, you know, especially around that time. Um, give it a try because it's an interesting way to spend an hour and 41 minutes of your time. As an action flick, I'll go by saying, yeah, it's not really a, a martial arts film, kind of in the way that other martial arts films run. So there's a lot of guns, there's a lot of explosions, knives, a little bit of blood, you know, tomato sauce in the back and what have you. Um... As an action film, it's got the inherent, it's got the bigger budget, so when you do get to the fight scenes, the ten, the actual fight scenes seem to be quick and they seem to flow a lot better. But the little fight scenes we do actually get, that, is, that doesn't involve guns. you know. So as a generic action film, because it is an action film and not a martial arts film, it does work, and I'd say definitely give it a try. But as a video game film, it's been flung into a tree, even though... The fight scenes are so much better than Double Dragon. The story of Double Dragon is so much better than this, and they've created a film out of nothing. You know, out of out of someone being punched in the gut and you go rescue her. This has got some definite law that they could have followed, and they didn't. Not really. They made a film out of the uh, um, stage select screen, basically. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's sort of like, as a film, give it a try. As an action film, give it a try. As a video game film, just fling that bitch into a tree. It's just, oh, no. It's so right good it's bad territory. Right up there. <laughs> right up, <home>, yeah. <laughs> okay, um, so for me, it would be, as a movie, you know, you've got, you've got a Saturday afternoon, it's raining, you can't go anywhere, or you're snowed in or something. Give it a try, because as a movie, I think, yeah, there are some problems with it, but it's entertaining as heck. I didn't want to at any point switch it off. I, it was entertaining. It entertained me. It made me laugh. It made me, for, for some for some of the jokes and some parts that weren't jokes, I still laughed. Um, but yeah, it's entertaining. Um, as an action movie, 
fling it into a tree. It's like right at the, we're talking the bottom tier action movie. There are so many other action movies that are so much better than this that have half as much uh, budget and have half as many stars, right? Fling it into a tree is an action movie. And I think I agree with uh, Z-Boy here with uh, as a video game movie. If you played Street Fighter 2 back in the day, not if you play it now, if you played it back in the day and you were raised on Street Fighter 2 and the other sort of standing beat-em-ups, you're going you're gonna to want to try this movie because it's all there for you. All the characters are there, the setup is there. It's just not brilliantly executed. Um, and yeah, Raul Julia, I keep saying, but he's the best, mm. best in this movie, the best person in this movie, Raul Julia, hands down, just his performance, his delivery of all of those lines. Wonderful. Do you get the and feeling he was the only one that took that role seriously? I think he did. Took their role because, because everyone else kind of like they didn't. Apart but, from the but, guy in the towel with the gun, he really took well, it seriously. He was he, in the he zone. Went down with that. Yeah. yeah, he was in the zone, that method actor. It's, yeah. it's like I said at the beginning, you know, he was making this film as the last performance for his kids. So, yes, everything was on the line for him. This I don't know. Van, Van Dam Van Dam did a very Van Dam performance. You know, like <laughs> it was of of the Van Dam performances, it was one of the most Van Dam performances, I feel. You know, like <laughs> he, he, he did a very Van Dam performance. But I mean, the, the, you know, as, as you say, for I think it's I think you got, you raise a good point. You know, like in terms of, um, you know, I, mean, I, I also probably agree with you because I said the same thing. But, <laughs> um, you know, if you played it back in the day, one one note that I made here was that basically the whole roster is introduced within the first fifteen minutes. Like it's just the first fifteen minutes is flash. Here's that other character. Oh, here's the next character you love. Oh, you didn't like him? How about another character? And what about her? She's amazing. You know, like and. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. I agree completely. But yes, um, one last thing before we sort of wrap up. Z Boy, you create some content. Tell the people about the content you create. Before I do. <laughs> That's it. I just, I just blindsided him with what? I make a thing? Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, it pro- probably the best way to follow everything that I do is uh, if you follow at Zach of the Hacker. Uh, on on Twitter, and I and I I tweet about everything that I do, but uh, I make a show called Tabs and Spaces with uh, with this guy here, uh, Jay, and uh, that's that's developer content. So if you're a software developer, then you might find that interesting. Also, if you're a software developer, you might find my um, I make <laughs> I make Samurai Vimacat uh, videos. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so where I pretend to be a samurai cat who is doing stuff with Vim on YouTube, uh, and that's, that's kind of fun, you know, maybe, maybe even give one of them a try, even if you're not a programmer, cause that is kind of a little bit silly. Um, but yeah, if you follow me at, at Zach the hacker on Twitter, then you'll see all that stuff coming up. Okay. Um, so yeah, that was, that was, I was talking about, um, uh, I was going to say Resident Evil then. That's not even the movie we talked about. <laughs> we what? talked about... Street Fighter's got a zombie kernel in it. so <laughs> That's true, yeah. So, yeah, we talked about Street Fighter, the movie, and we went to the movies with uh, Z-Boy, a.k.a. Zaka the Hacker. And, um, yeah, so thanks for joining us, Z-Boy. This was a ton of fun. It's always fun recording with Squidge, but bringing you into the into the ring there has made it even more fun, I have to say. I mean, I love hearing myself talk. 
You know, it's fantastic. Yeah. I, can't, I can't wait to I can't wait to listen to this over and over again in the future. You know, no, I, had a, too, right? I, I had a I had a great time having a, having a trick around with you guys. You guys are way funny, and I love listening to your show. I'm one of those uh, long time listeners, first time guest. So uh, yeah, no, I really enjoy the show, and I'm, I hope you keep doing uh, doing what you're doing and seeing great success from it. Uh, thank you very much. We're uh, we're, we're trying. That's what we're doing. Um, but yes, um, you've gone and wasted another hour and a half of your life listening to the Waffling Taylors. Um, so thank you ever so much for that, because that actually means quite a lot to me. Um, I'm not sure it means that much to Squidge, because he's got to edit it all. Um, yeah, well, I can only apologize for what you've had to listen to. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean Z-Boy, I meant us too. I can only apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he, yeah, that's it. He, he makes no apologies for me, because there is no apology for me. Um, because I'll yeah. still be listening now, I just want to say, I love you, Z-Boy. <laughs> That's right. I'm talking to you, you, the one on your morning walk listening to this podcast. Yeah, you're amazing. Keep walking. Yeah, you look great doing it. All right. You just one foot in front of the other. Just keep going, man. You can do it. Thing, that thing we talked about earlier on about, yeah, there he is standing there drinking a cup of coffee. Like he just do it, do it, do it, do it to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> this is your chance to do it now for yourself. There he is standing there drinking a cup of coffee. Just, you, you have to do it, Z-Boy. <laughs> I don't know where we are right now. What's going on? Yeah, yeah, for your future self. Remember you said earlier on about um, when I was doing the uh, the bit about the, uh, the the football commentator. You should do that for yourself. Oh, right, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Here he is coming, coming around the corner, and yes, yes, he, he seems to be picking up pace, and it looks like he might actually get home within the 20 minutes, and his wife might have got angry at, at him from being out for so long. And yes, he's coming in. Oh, he opens up the door and the kids are already screaming and his wife is screaming at him too. What is he going to do? Yes, he will go upstairs and hide in his office. <laughs> Match highlights. <laughs> Watch him as he gracefully goes upstairs and slams the door and deadbolts it shut with such <laughs> grace that no one's ever seen before. <laughs> there you go. Excellent. But yeah, um, make sure you click through in your podcatcher to the show notes because we'll have written some stuff and we'll have a picture of the lady holding a shoe and um, we'll have some links through to um, Z-Boy stuff. And uh, yeah, uh, make sure you check out the chapters because we put some effort into those two. So there's little chapter markers now so you can jump around in the in the audio without having to remember, did I go forward 30 seconds, back 30 seconds? Um, and yeah, check like I said, check out the website. We're on Facebook and Twitter as Waffling Tailors. So you just search for Waffling Tailors on the services. And we also have a YouTube where we put all of our Twitch streams, but uh, now I'm waffling on. So what I will say to you all is thank you both for being on this episode because it was a ton of fun. I will see you later, Z-Boy, and I'll see you later, Squidgy. See you later. Bye. Change the channel! Intro music is Among the Stars by Muse Station Productions. Outro music is I Need You Watashi no Sabate by GH. Spoiler break music is Spectrum Subdiffusion Mix by Phonics. Palette cleanser music is Breathe Deep, Breathe Clear by Siobhan Dagay. See the show notes for more details. The Waffling Tailors Podcast is a proud member of the J&J Media Network. 
To find out more about J&J Media, head over to jayandjay.media or check the show notes for a link.